Hey everyone, it's Judy from Stirring Words, where Kim and I chat every week about God's wisdom on wellness. Now be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a session. But in the meantime, listen in now on our weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Hey, Judy, how are things going on in your world today? I ain't telling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I ain't telling. No, I'm kidding. I'm pretty stoked because today we talk about God's grace. And whoo, baby, if anybody has been with us the last two weeks and you're still here listening, I'm a happy girl because Kim, our last two sessions were pretty intense. But you know what? I think they were powerful. Two weeks ago, we talked about pride and I was in the front of the line. And last week, we discussed a second distressing and related truth, and that's that we're all idolaters. <laughs> so, hello, is anybody still there? Probably nobody's <laughs> probably nobody's listening today, Kim. They're like, okay, those two are Debbie Downer. But uh, today, we're talking about embracing God's grace, which is the answer to those strongholds. So, Kim, if you would please... Pray us in. And then could you read for us Hebrews 4.16? I'll be happy to. Gracious Heavenly Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we are so grateful that we are here at such a time as this. We eagerly await to hear what you have to say to your church on this day, Lord. We're thankful that you are there for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And we're grateful that anytime we have need, that we are always invited to come to your throne of grace, where we can find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. So, Lord, Judy and I yield ourselves to your Holy Spirit. Speak only the words that you would have us to speak on this day and prepare the hearts of our listeners, Lord so that the word that we speak fall on good ground and it brings forth an abundant harvest of wellness and righteousness in their lives. We thank you. We give you honor, glory, and praise in all things. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And sister, you asked me to read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and it reads, Let us then with confidence Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm. I think that's a memorizable verse, don't you? You know, it's interesting, Kim, because there's a song that is sort of popular in the sort of more contemporary Christian music world that, that sings, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. But I wonder if we really believe that. Like, do we really believe that God's grace, it, you know, we don't need anything else. 
God's grace is enough. And I wonder if we're really fully convinced that his spirit, by his grace, can transform those passions that we've been talking about the past couple weeks into the fruit of self-discipline. Do we believe that? And so I'd like to continue with the, some of the words of David Paulison, who was an amazing, amazing Christian man who wrote a book that I think everyone should read called Seeing with New Eyes. And he wrote, no one can truly change who does not know and rely on gifts from the hand of the Lord. Since Christ is both giver and the gift, attempts to change without grace are barren of the very purpose, power, and person, capital P, that change is about. Self-manufactured changes do not dislodge almighty me from the center of my tiny self-manufactured universe. Ooh, sister, sister, sister. Let me say that last line again. Self-manufactured changes, I would say, I'm going to do this myself. Let's call it AKA willpower. Do not dislodge almighty me from the center of my tiny self-manufactured universe. And he continues. He says, still in the futility of my mind and the hardness of my heart, I only act a bit differently. Successful living without grace describes mere self-reformation. Get your act together, save your marriage, go work out. I would say, you know, start eating differently, exercising more. And he says, failure in living describes failed self-efforts. And Kim, that's the diet mentality. That's willpower. And willpower always fails. Transformation always goes back to God and his grace. And I'm going to read one more passage from another wise Christian man, Paul Tripp, wrote a book, How People Change. It is important to remember the new character qualities and behavior patterns that are in your life because of Jesus. You already have a new heart. You have been radically changed by his grace and are being progressively restored day by day. That is the focus of God's work in your life right now. The only way to properly celebrate these realities is to humbly ask, God, where are you calling me to further change? What qualities that you promised to your children are still not active 
in my heart. What do you want me to see about you? Kim, those are big questions. And you know that thinking about those questions and journaling about them is going to be part of our action invitation. So if you would please share your thoughts on David Paulison's wise words, self-manufactured changes do not dislodge almighty me from the center of my tiny self-manufactured universe. Yes, Judy, those words were so powerful. And I think about how the enemy wants us to be so focused on that little story of life in which it's all about us. But God invites us to the big story of life, which is that there are people who are perishing out there without having Jesus and the salvation available through him to save their lives. And he wants us to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God and demonstrate the love of Christ to those who desperately need him. So, yes, God invites us to come to that higher level, that living beyond ourselves so that we see his big picture and see things from his perspective. Well, and I think that is so true. And I think that he's also talking about, we think we will change. And again, that's what diets are about. We think that we're just going to change our habits. That's what New Year's resolutions are all about. Okay, I'm just going to start doing life differently. And Pallison and Tripp are both going, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Until God changes you, until you surrender to God Almighty and his spirit who changes you, it ain't going to happen. So in that vein, Kim, would you read for us Titus 2, 11 and 12? Thanks, Judy. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12 reads, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present world. And I will say briefly, Judy, that it's only God's spirit that has the power to change hearts, and it's only his word that has the power to change minds. Absolutely. 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 Uh, this Titus verse is powerful and I feel like we did an entire session on it and I can't remember when that happened, but I know we did because I zeroed in on that concept of training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. I, but I think it's important here to just do a little interjection to remind our listeners of the difference between justification and sanctification, both achieved only by God's grace. So justification is when we're saved. By God's grace, we surrender our lives into eternal life by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord. One-time deal. Sanctification is the subsequent lifelong process of growing in Christ-likeness. 
So a notable verse speaking to that, to sanctification and that process. And I know this is one of your faves, Kim. I just know you and I know this about you. Second Corinthians 3.18 that says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. So what does this tell us? Is that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are slowly from one degree of glory to another transformed into his image by his spirit. So David Platt is a pastor um, at McLean Bible Church in Virginia. And he, I think he's still there. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But anyway, he said, we become what we behold. Where we focus our minds comes out in our lives. The more we look to Christ, the more we'll look like Christ. Let's take a moment and just ponder those three statements. We become what we behold. Where we focus our minds comes out in our lives. And the more we look to Christ, the more we'll look like Christ. So back to what David Pallison says, the only way you can wrestle yourself down is by the promises of God. That is exactly what you just said, Kim. It is only by God's word that we are changed. Pallison says, you need help the way a drowning man needs help from outside himself to rescue him. We escape ourselves, that self-manufactured universe, right? We escape ourselves by being loved by Jesus Christ through the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, Kim, we say it regularly, and I'm sure we'll continue to say it regularly. We can't, but God can. And First John 5, 14 and 15 just says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we've asked him. So listeners, do you believe God wants you to better tend your temple? Do you think he's ready and willing to help? then beholding him is your pathway to success and sanity. Not counting calories, not assessing your food, not counting your steps. Beholding Jesus the Christ, surrendering to his spirit is your one and only pathway to true transformation. So Kim comments on our deep-seated belief that we can change on our own and that I just have I just haven't done the right diet yet or taken the right pill. And how does that work out? And then if you feel like it, you know, speak to both Platts and Pallison's perspective on focusing on Jesus is the key to change. Oh, it absolutely is, Judy, because I remember all of those years 
in which after being a nurse and having them the training about nutrition and health and all those things and what a good idea it was, then I thought my issue with emotional and binge eating was just simply I didn't have the right diet and and I kept going on diets and getting off and failing and feeling ashamed and guilty and all of this, that whole diet mentality. But it was only when I had that chest pain and God said it wasn't supposed to be this way that I invited God into my journey to say, God, will you teach me how it is supposed to be? And I even think about how someone drowning, like like one of the, the gentlemen um, you quoted said, the drowning man. And once if you were out there drowning and someone saved you and got you on a boat and you're you're trying to catch your breath and you're going to be looking around and you're going to say, who saved me? And you're going to want to express gratitude to that person that saved you. And you'll be just in awe and, and so thankful for life. And Jesus is the key to our lives. Just like at the beginning of the Bible, it talks about how um, um, Jesus himself said that man shall not live by bread alone. I said at the beginning of the Bible, but I'm thinking about Jesus's word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that means that not only were we meant to live according to uh, with physical food, but spiritual food. And it says essential to our lives in Christ to have the spiritual food that he gives us, the bread of life as natural food. So to me, we need to have that same desire for survival in the spirit by beholding Jesus on a daily basis as we walk through this journey and relying upon his spirit to give us the wisdom and the strength to do what he's calling us to do. You know, Kim, when we think of God's grace, certainly the fact that Jesus came and died to save us is the act of grace. But you and I did a series. It was a four-week series called Our Identity in Christ. And we went through several scriptures that are basically promises, statements of truth that say, now that you have Now that I am in your life, now that the Holy Spirit is in you, this is who you are. You're different now. You're different than the world. You're distinct from the world. You're different than you were. And I would encourage, please, all of our listeners, we can't meditate on these truths enough as to who we are in Christ. We did them, Kim and I did that series between April 5th and April 26th of 2023. It was a four-week series. So because we did that and because we're hoping y'all would go back and re-listen today, Kim, I'm just going to ask you to go through the list, and it's not even exhaustive, but the list that we covered in that series of who we are in Christ and read one or more of the passages that give us that promise. 
And then when you're done and all of our head is spinning and yours will be too, as will mine, because it's so overwhelming to think of all these, these amazing promises that we have from God as Jesus followers. Just give me your, give me your thoughts on, on all of that. Okay. All right. I'll be happy to do it because these are just so amazing. All the things that we have through salvation in Jesus. First of all, we are new creations in him. According to second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, which says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I am urging all of our listeners to jot these scriptures down because we cannot be reminded of these truths enough. So the second thing that we have been given is that we are chosen, that we are adopted as children. And that's according to Ephesians chapter one, verse five through six, which reads, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And that goes for us ladies too. We are children of God. And then the wonderful truth that we are united with Christ. And the scripture is taken from first Corinthians chapter six, verse 17. And it says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And wow, we have to pause and think about that one. United with Christ. And then we're redeemed, we're forgiven and free. And this is also made clear in Ephesians chapter one, verses six through seven. And it says he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will. And this one is one of my favorites that we are God's workmanship. And that is according to Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. And it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. <laughs> That God has known us. And this is from Psalm chapter 139 verses 1 through 6. And it says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So nothing that we do is a surprise to God. And then finally, Judy, I'm going to read this scripture is also from the book of Ephesians, which tells us so much about all the riches that we have been given through Christ Jesus. And it says in him, you also when you heard the word of truth and this truth is that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So let me start that again. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 through 14. And it says in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it in the praise of his glory. How wonderful is that? So, Judy, even as I went through all of those things, it's like we just marvel at the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. And a lot of times we might think to ourselves, well, this issue that I'm having in my flesh, it's too, you know, I I won't even bother the Lord with it. I should be able to handle it myself. But one of the conclusions that I came to was that I could not handle it by myself. The years of failures that I had proved that I couldn't handle it for myself. So Jesus was there to strengthen me, help me and uphold me and to renew my identity in him. And for that, I'm grateful. And I know our listeners, once they start meditating on all of this, they will be grateful, too, that he's there for them as well. Kim, thank you for reading those. I have to say, I feel a little numb (laughs) and that maybe you lost me about two thirds in because with every single passage. I wanted you to just stop and I needed to breathe because I feel like everyone is so huge. You know, we listeners, we are a new creation. We were chosen. You were chosen. You were adopted. You are united with Christ. Anytime you hear yourself say, I can't. You are united with Christ. You know, Kim, probably the, not probably, the most important, we are redeemed. We are forgiven. We are free. We are God's workmanship. And Kim, I have to tell you, one of my favorites is that I am known. I think that's because I'm single. You know, I don't have a husband. I, um, but I have a husband. And he knows me. <laughs> and I have to tell you, there's times I'm like, oh, I wish he didn't know me that well, because, <laughs> you know, he knows all the bad stuff too. But he searches out my path and my lying down. When I'm out in an RV, I'm just telling you, that matters to me. And the fact that, which is like being united with Christ, in, in tandem to being united with Christ, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each of these listeners is powerful, which is why I would Im- implore you to go back, listen to the four week series, April 6 to 25. Is that what I said? Um, in 2023, because powerful, powerful, powerful truths. So I have an action invitation, of course, and then I'm going to pray us out unless you have a burning comment, Kim, like to share what, which was your favorite or. Any final words? Girl, like you said, each one of these is just so huge. I just want those to continue to marinate (laughs) in my spirit. Even as I was speaking to them, I was like, I got to go back and read these. And also for our listeners, I'm grateful that this is recorded. So you can go back and listen to these over and over again if you need to, because as we begin to meditate on them even more, they become part of who we are. Yeah, those those scriptures 
Each one is worth memorizing. I have a list on a Word document of all the fan favorites and all of those should be on there. So I I just want to implore each and every one of you who are listening to embrace grace, to embrace who you are in Christ. It's not about what you've done, what you've not done. It's about what he has done for you. And I'd encourage you to do some thoughtful prayer and journaling over Paul Tripp's weighty questions. God, where are you calling me to further change? What qualities that you promised your children are still not active in my heart? What do you want me to see about you? Ladies and gentlemen, what would it look like for you to better behold him? So we love speaking God's word. Kim and I pray for you before every session, and we give each session to God Almighty that his spirit would lead. And both of us are on Facebook keeping these messages and scriptures alive So please join us, both of us on Facebook at holyhealthclub.com, at takebackyourtemple.com. If any of this has blessed you, we would love it if you would consider um, joining us, partnering us financially, and you can do that at takebackyourtemple.com forward slash donations. So I'm going to pray us out, Kim. Gracious, gracious Father, you call us to draw near to your throne of grace with confidence. With confidence, Lord, that we may receive your mercy, that we might embrace your grace to help us in times of need. May each and everyone listening memorize that challenge from Paul, embrace your grace, and draw near to you in confidence. For we pray it in the name and the power of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen, my sister. Another powerful session. Yes, ma'am. And what do you think we do it next week? You up for uh, it? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. God willing, I'll be here for it. <laughs> well, Heidi, love you big. Love you too, girl. Take care. Ta-ta, God bless Mama. you. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. We hope that our podcast is a trusted partner on your wellness journey. If so, please pray about partnering with us in ministry financially and subscribe at takebackyourtemple.com forward slash donation. Keep tuning in on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And be sure to tell your friends about us. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to Kim at takebackyourtemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, 
May you be stirred by God's transformative word.